0: listening to Militantly Mixed. I would like to acknowledge that the Militantly Mixed podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Chumash and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, a.k.a mixed, girl, mixed main, girls, main. girl the busiest mixed race bisexual polyamorous atheist comic book nerd cat mom mask making comic book store co-owning and currently dressed up as batman podcaster in this podcasting gang. this is episode 115 which is the last episode before i go on my mental health hiatus for the remainder of the month of november But the time I am recording it, it is Halloween day, which is my favorite day of the year. I'm dressed up as a comfy Batman. A couple years ago, I was very anti these pajama onesies as costumes, but I'm about that life right now. Uh, So I got an oversized Batman onesie. I bought a domino mask, which surprisingly, I didn't have a domino mask. How is that possible? I'm like a comic book nerd, but whatever. Um, And I've been walking around in this thing for two days. It's hella comfy. It feels like walking around in a snuggie. So I'm comfy Batman, and I'm really just enjoying the hell out of it. So happy Halloween, y'all. Because this is the last episode before I go on hiatus, I don't have too many announcements. So we're going to be able to jump almost right into the episode. But before I do that, um, I just want to say that while this is a quarterly break that I do at least once every three, every four months, I take one month off for my mental health. Um, part of that has to do with how heavy some of the stories are that I receive from guests on the show and also just the intensity of the labor that goes into producing Militantly Mixed in particular, Blurred Comics secondarily, um, it's not as emotionally heavy to do that show as, as Mix can be. And in addition to that, I've been working for the last year to build up this business that I've now been talking about, Gulf Coast Cosmos.com, my comic book, my online comic book store, That will eventually be a brick and mortar store when I finally move to Houston next year, summer, whatever. But it's intense. I'm busy all the time. I don't make a joke when I say the busiest mixed race, bisexual, polyamorous, you know, thing that I do at the beginning. Um, I have a day job. I have a part time job. And then I run three small businesses that aren't making that much money right now. But I'm doing it because they're all things that I'm passionate about. And hopefully by the time I get to Houston and get my brick and mortar store and I can combine that studio space into that space. It'll cool down some of the intensity of my life, but right now I don't know what I can give up that I wouldn't feel like is a major loss to me. And as such, it builds up, builds up, builds up, and then I need to take a break so that I don't break. Uh, That's why I'm doing the mental health hiatus. But in addition to that, as I've been talking to you about the last month, I've been dealing with vertigo. It has been really intense. I've never had vertigo for as long as I've had it this period. And after seeing my doctors a little over a week ago and been performing the exercises that they've been telling me to, to try to reposition the inner ear crystal thingies that kind of help with the equilibrium, it's seeming to start to work. It's not a hundred percent better. I'm still, still having events, uh, vertigo events, but they're not as intense and they're not as frequent as they have been, which I'm considering a win, um, so I'm just going to keep on that mission of doing the exercises, trying to decompress a little bit, stay off of, cut down my social media time a little bit, cut down my screen time outside of work for a month, and and just sort of turn off and get some peace, which has been really tough to do lately because of the election cycle and all the other craziness that we've been dealing with with COVID and things like that. Um... I'm gonna take a weekend trip next week. Hopefully if I can afford it, I'm going to Yosemite. I was able to afford it and then I had an emergency vet bill last week. So as long as I sell a couple more masks, I'll be able to keep on and do this trip, which is really important to me. I really wanna do this trip. And I'll go out to nature, I'll turn off my devices and I'll try to, you know, center myself a little bit. But I'll still be active on social media. I'm just gonna try not to be as active for the month of November. Uh, okay, so announcements. The first one is that uh, the Be Your Mixed Ass Self annual fundraiser t-shirt is currently available on Teespring. And the way to find that shirt is to go to militantlymixed.com and click on the Teespring button. It'll take you to the Teespring website where you can see the logo tees and the coffee mug and all that other kind of stuff. But the Be Your Mixed Ass Self fundraiser t-shirt is there as well. It will only be there until November 30th. Uh, my goal is to sell 30 shirts, and I am currently at about seven. So hopefully we can hit that goal. The t-shirts and the Patreon, that is pretty much how I make this show possible, uh, through fan sponsorship, through your financial support. And this year we've taken a pretty big hit um, on the Patreon sponsorship, which I was anticipating anyway due to COVID and things like that. Um, it started to come back for a while, and then it just took another big hit. I got to find different ways, creative ways to try to earn money to be able to keep this show going. And so it's things like those t-shirts and and such that that make that possible. Because I have mentioned it though, Patreon. If you would like to sponsor the show, uh you can sponsor as low as a dollar to as high as anything you wish. And there are different reward levels depending on what you choose, ranging between a dollar to $50 a month. And uh, Patreon recently just introduced a annual sponsorship thing. So if you decide you don't want to commit to a month to month, but you do still want to commit to the show and you say you want to do the $5 level, then you would, you know, you can do a $60 payment out the gate and that would cover you for the whole year. Uh, it's a new thing that Patreon's doing. So if you would like to commit to either an annual sponsorship or a monthly sponsorship, you can go to patreon.com slash Mixed. Uh, that link is always in the show notes and you can sponsor the show that way. The other way that you can sponsor the show is uh, one-time only donations or sort of as you feel like it donations on PayPal by going to paypal.me slash mixed. And you can drop some coins in that chip jar as well. But yeah, the various ways that I raise money to keep this show going. And again, it's it's just goes back into the show. It's I have yet to make enough money to start paying myself for it. I don't want anybody to be worried that I'm just siphoning money off for myself. But it is um, the T-shirts, the stickers, the swag, things like that. And of course, the monthly sponsorship through Patreon. That's that's how I keep this show going and growing. And your support has been invaluable because I would have had to end the show a while back if not for your all support a year ago, because that's about about August, September of last year is when I started to really get fan sponsorship. So it's because of you that this show keeps going. All right. I think that's all the announcements that we really have because of the hiatus. I don't have too much to mention. So my guest this episode is Gina. She is the host of Mixed in the Six, which is a mixed race podcast based out of Toronto. And it was born out of these social events that they used to have pre-COVID. Where mixed people could get together for pop-up dinners or dancing or comedy nights and things like that. And now there is a, a podcast related to it. Eventually, they'll be able to go back out and have their pop-up events again. During the course of this conversation, though, my guest Gina mentions Mixed marrow because Mixed and the Six partnered with them for an event. And I didn't want it to just blow past because it's something that we touch on briefly, but we don't get too far into it. But Mixed Marrow is an organization that helps support mixed race donors of bone marrow to mixed race recipients. Organ donation, bone marrow donation is difficult for everybody. You can't always find a perfect match. And um, even if you do find a good match, the potential for rejection is still very much a possibility. The thing is that for mixed race folks, this becomes exponentially more difficult to find a donor. So Mixed Marrow is an organization that helps support finding mixed donors for mixed recipients. Like I said, we touched on it briefly during the episode because Mixed in the Six held a Mixed Marrow event or partnered with Mixed Marrow for an event, but we didn't get too far into it. I'm going to put a link to Mixed Marrow in the show notes. It is something that I hope to eventually touch on in the show in some way, shape or form. Um, While well, not specifically because of mixedness, bone marrow donation has touched my family personally um, in that my play niece was born with uh, diamond black fan anemia. She basically was perpetually dying her entire life from the day when she was born. But last year, her brother donated his bone marrow to her. She was a perfect match. And a year later, so far, she is getting healthy again, or for the first time actually in her life. So I have experienced through really, really close friends that are basically family. They've been a part of my life since I was in fourth grade. And so their kids are my family too. Uh, I've watched these kids grow up and to see an event like this happen, watching Autumn throughout her life, being unhealthy, having to get Uh, transfusions every month of her life and now finally being able to live a healthier life it is invaluable compounding that with mixedness and not being able to find donors autumn was lucky her brother was a perfect match but that is not always the case for people so i do encourage you that if there's something that is at all of interest to you that you do investigate a little bit and maybe consider putting yourself up as a potential donor for um Another mixed cousin out in the world because we can we can try to help save lives in ways that might be very difficult otherwise um, for mixed folks. Okay, uh, so today's episode, my guest, like I said, is Gina. She is the host of the Mixed in the Six podcast and really like the main or one of two main coordinators for the Mixed in the Six events. Mixed in the Six is a Toronto-based podcast. I encourage you to check out the show. I encourage you to check out all the mixed race podcasts that are out there right now. Um, You know, every, all of us that are out here doing this mixed race podcasting work come from different perspectives and have different goals and different missions within our own podcast. And there's people that may expose you to something more closer to what you need in your personal life than one of the other shows. So I really hope that Militantly Mix is not the only mixed race podcast you listen to, I hope that we are one of the mixed race podcasts that you listen to. So please go ahead and check out Mixed in the Six. However you listen to Militantly Mixed, you will also be able to find Mixed in the Six, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, what have you. Uh, They should be available on all of the podcatchers as well. So I will be back first week of December for my birthday episode. I will still be on social media. If you would like to participate as a guest on the show, please go to militantlymixed.com, click on the Become a Guest button so that you can fill out the form to be considered as a guest for a future episode. And without further ado, please join me in welcoming our latest cousin to the Militantly Mixed family, Gina from Mixed in the Six. My guest today is Gina from the Mixed in the Six podcast based out of Toronto, right? Uh, Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody and let's get into it.
1: Yeah. Hey, everybody in the militantly mixed community. (laughs) Uh, My name is Gina, uh, Gina Marie, and I'm from Toronto
0: and I am the host of the Mixed in the Six podcast. You were doing mixed meetups or mixed networking or something like that in Toronto before the quarantine happened, right? So why don't you talk a little bit about that and then how it transitioned into a podcast. Absolutely. So yeah, I'll start with and the
1: sixth, then I'm going to go back a bit to my university days, or maybe I should start there. Hmm. How, you know what? Let's start at the beginning,
0: the beginning, <laughs> beginning. If I that's was cool born. I, I was up. born in,
1: yeah. So I was born in, <laughs> no, I was born in Barrie, Ontario, moved to Angus, Ontario, where it was really not a whole lot of mixed people, Asian people, or really any people of color. My mom's Filipino, my dad's white, uh, Welsh and French is his background, but adopted. So uh, he always mm. identified as Canadian, mm-hmm. which some people
0: in Canada have a problem with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are like, what does that even mean? Because it's, you know, our, our whole country is built on immigration, essentially. It's so
0: wild that that exists in Canada, that it doesn't exist here. Because when people say they're oh. American here, it's like, yeah, that means white. But if you travel and you say you're American, they're like, oh, you live in that Stupid country. Then. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that you're American. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> In Canadian. It's like even Canadians are like, wait, you're not really Canadian because nobody's Canadian unless you are Indigenous, and like that's actually something that's right. really. I think it's an important thing to identify too that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're not. Unless we're indigenous uh, folks, we're we're not native to this land. So it's just a really interesting thing. So that's the thing. I my dad always identified as Canadian because that's just that's who he is. He's a Canadian guy. He's yeah. He's white. And my mom is Filipino. They met. They um they met in high school. I grew up with basically no other mixed people except for my cousins and my siblings. Then fast forward, I went to York University, one of the biggest universities in pretty much all of Canada, and definitely one of the biggest in Toronto, of course. Um, and I didn't even really identify as mixed. I didn't even know that was a term until a friend, mm-hmm. a sort of a new friend that I made one day while I was working on campus. Um, his name is Phil, Philip Koo. He, he and his friend Tyler, they they start they started a mixed association called the mixed students association at York. And they were like, okay. are you mixed? And I'm like, am I, am I'm I? <laughs> like, I think <laughs> I'm Filipino, but my dad is white. Like I just wasn't like, I always was told that I was Filipino by the kids that I grew up with, or mm-hmm. I was Asian Chinese or whatever they thought that they thought was right convenient for them at the time. But I always felt othered from them because I wasn't white. So I was like, I'm Filipino, but I really didn't have any, too much connection with the language, the culture, and what have you growing up very much in a small like kind of white town right. just outside of Toronto, Ontario. So when they asked me if I wanted to be a part of this association, I said, Hell, yeah, and then I became the first like president. oh wow, well. <laughs> not knowing what I was doing again, just fumbling <laughs> through the dark, but like had I felt so super called to be a part of this right. this group um, and help kind of build it from you know a a few members, uh, Philip, Philippe, and, um, and Tyler kind of graduated shortly after creating the group. So I was kind mm. of like, all
0: right, I got this you guys, the reins, I'm going yeah.
1: ca- to carry on the legacy we haven't made yet, but it's, <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> and so that's how it really started. I, I, okay again, kind of organized some meetings, fumbled through the dark, was like, who likes corned beef and rice? Anybody?
0: <laughs> <You> <laughs> I know? do. I love finding out what people's hybrid foods are. Like, exactly. what do you do to mix all of your stuff?
1: And I think I went in there hoping that to find just like other confused mixed Asian people. Mm, right. And the beauty of it is that I did. I was like, yes, other people who are just confused about their, their ethnicity as I am, but also got to have such an appreciation for the so many beautiful people in Toronto who were from so many different cultures and backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was just in a really enriching experience that, um, that I got to be a part of. And uh, I was the president of our little club that could, um, Mm -hmm. we, you know, we would have potlucks and gatherings. We'd go salsa dancing. Like we just did everything cultural that we could think of because, um, at first I was like, what are we, we just really connect on being mixed. So it was just mm. a beauty, a beautiful thing to be able to have conversations and to be in space with each other and to right. have that sense of understanding. And then in terms of our actual events, we we just did social events and had like good times and we would have some discussion groups and things like that as well. I showed like some showed, like I showed like a documentary that, uh, someone who was, um, uh, mixed black, who actually mixed black and white, who I went to high school with. We like showed her uh, documentary that she mm. that she made, like th- those types of things. Um, and then when I graduated, it continued on for a few years, um, but then it I, it's no longer happening at York University. But we had oh, a good okay. run. But I stayed friends with my mix, like we called we called it MSA. Our loving. Okay. Group. We, we we stayed friends with all of the MSA peeps over the years, and we're involved in a few other. Like projects, photo projects, that kind of thing. But um I felt like a real longing to to get people back together. Right. Um, we would have some casual events here and there, just like the MSA crew, or like we called them the MSA core, the people who started the group with us. <laughs> like, nice. like shout out to Rocky and Jenny, <laughs> Christina. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and, but we hadn't, you know, people kind of went their separate ways and MSA was no longer really going because none of us were at York anymore. And then, right. um, in 2016, uh, had to have been 2016. Yeah. I was, uh, off work because I was in a very bad car accident mm. and I was just hanging out thinking of like, you know, ways to occupy my time. So I decided to go on Tinder and meet people. <laughs> <laughs> and I matched with, um, my now friend Han, like we went for coffee. We ended up just talking, we talked about like psychology books and being mixed, but we connect, we actually connected. I think primarily because I was like, are you mixed agent? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I was like, I was a part of a club in York university called the mixed students association. He's like, they did not have one of those at my university. So we were like, they didn't have one when I was in school. Exactly. And now I, I follow like all of them, like a lot of them are around in the States, which is amazing. And so we connected on that. And um, Han is an amazing chef. I, you know, former president of mixed students association at York and like lover of creating events. We decided um, like, you know, that let's be friends. (laughs) Let's, (laughs) let's remain friends. Um, And then we, we, hosted an event where like, let's do like a dinner, like a pop-up dinner. And yeah. I think originally we called it mixed in the city, <laughs> just mixed in the city. It turned you, into mixed in the I city. mean, we,
0: we do what we got. We got to find yeah. how to make it cute. Right.
1: <laughs> but, people, but people loved it. And we, we posted, we're doing a mixed like pop-up for mixed people. Bring it like, I can't remember the wordage, but it, we sold out in like a day. Awesome. We had, it was just a small little space that we, we had in uh, downtown Toronto, super cute kind of loft space that they have concerts and like sm- like little house concerts and, and dinners. Okay. So we hosted that and it was so, it was so much fun. It was like walking into a room with long lost family. That's what it felt like. And everybody was so like lit up afterwards. Uh, most of these people I had never met before. had never met each other. I obviously knew a lot of the people who came because either from MSA or right. whatever. But at the, like, I remember we went to a bar afterwards across the street and we were all like holding, and we were all like doing a big group hug and people are like looking at us. Cause we all kind in a way looked like same. vaguely the
0: similar, <laughs> even for different races. Yep.
1: Feels good. Um, and, uh, which is, which is funny because I think I roll my eyes now when, um, I think about people like, you know, thinking that we look alike just because we're mixed, but that's, that's, I'll, maybe I'll hopefully get to a funny story about that in a moment, but we, it was just something we had to follow. So we just kept on finding different venues to do these pop-up dinners. And of course we had food and we would uh, invite people from the community who were performers and singers to share their music and to share their songs. Um, People who were like photographers took like some photos of people and like, they'd have like really cool portraits. So we would put post portraits and people would share stories on our social media about being mixed or, you know, their experience with family, that kind of thing. And then Mm. eventually it it blossomed into like a food, music, dance party, philanthropy, like community mm. building, like love fest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of our, our first bigger events that we did, um, oh, I forgot what was it? Peter Pan Bistro. Is that what it was called? It was on Queen Street. Um, and yeah, again, in downtown Toronto, we had, a, a bone marrow donor drive mm. a, for people to, uh. Sign up if, if you know if they're willing to to be a, a bone marrow donor, and we matched. Uh, we well, we linked up with a, a group called Match for Ari, um, mm-hmm. and this this yeah a young guy Ari and his parents who are um, like really raising a lot of awareness around um, blood donation and bone marrow donation because um, Ari has aplastic anemia, and like sort of the best chance for his for a cure for his condition is a bone marrow do- bone marrow donor. And for, and you might already be aware of this, but um, for people who are mixed, finding Mm. a bone marrow donor is very, very hard. It's like 0.001%. And so it was amazing to marry like our fun social event with this advocacy cause that really affected like everybody in the room, whether you knew it or not. And then, you know, empowering people, like, you know, We're not just here to have a good time too. We actually Mm -hmm. can make a real big difference. help the community, yeah. Yeah, and it was amazing with how many, like how many of us didn't actually know that that was a thing. Like I did learn about um, the bone marrow, uh, like the need for more mixed race donors in university. That was something Mm -hmm. I kind of got a little bit involved with, but I really wanted to do more. And fortunately, we were able to do that with Mix and the Six. And a big part of it was uh, bringing, one of our outings was going to see this movie Mixed match by Jeff Chiba Stearns. And, oh yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, no, he's. I used to email with him. <laughs> yes, I. I've zoomed with him. <laughs> I had lunch with
1: him once. Nice. Was, yeah, yeah. Um, and Athena, who is also a part of the film as well, who um, I think it's. I can't remember.
0: Um, I mixed. Uh, oh wait, what's it called? Mixed marrow.
1: Yeah, I, amazing advocacy. Um, also raising awareness for for more mixed people to become bone marrow donors. donors so yeah. I remember we watched that film and all of us were just like totally moved. And I've, I've watched it a couple of times now and I cry every time because it's, you know, you see families that look really similar to yours. Um, and you realize that right. you, uh, community again, is, it's such a beautiful thing to connect on shared experiences, make friends, ask those questions and, and, and be seen. And then it's just like a whole other level when you can help someone. So that was really an amazing experience that um, came out of Mix in the Six. We also did some blood donor drive as well and kind of shared people's stories and kind of helped raise awareness from that. Um, But yeah, we, we, and I, I mean, I'm, I could go on, we've done a bunch of stuff. We did two really awesome comedy shows that were my just, oh. Those were my favorite. We had a night of mixed race comics 1.0 and 2.0. We had two two events and they were very popular and sold out and I remember being so nervous every time we do one of these shows cuz I was like right. okay we're doing comedy be there there's just going to yeah. be three of us yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm like know. are people yeah, are people going to find it fun? Like I we had really amazing comedians on the show but it was always like And we're so excited to have a platform for mixed race comics because that wasn't actually something we'd seen. Like we had been doing like mixed events, bringing mixed people together, but the the comedy was was a little new Um, and. And I love comedy. Comedy to me is like therapy. Like, I it's legit I,
0: why I stay in LA. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, there's lots of
1: great comics there. Like when I'm like depressed and in a bad space, I've gone to comedy shows and I've laughed and cried and been like, oh right, I feel better.
0: Like right. oh, this was laughter Le- like, is like medicine or something. Yeah, I, I know, know. Right. I think I've heard that quote before.
1: <laughs> and these shows, of course, me, so nervous girl going into them. They were can I swear? I'm like, they're fucking hilarious. Yeah. So, so good. And it was such an awesome experience to be in a room where the comic was like the people in the audience yeah. and they're say- saying jokes that like you just, they landed so well. And i am said, yeah. oh, oh, I always have such fond memories from that. We had a great, um, a great lineup. I've I've actually interviewed uh, Jen Sacato, who's going to be on the season two of mm. Mix in the Six podcast, who helped curate that show. She was a huge part of it and she's an amazing comic and uh, she was the host. Uh, and I've also uh, interviewed Nick Reynoldson, who's so, so, so funny. He's Guyanese and British and just like great, great people. So we did a lot of really cool stuff. And then, um, you know, I, I've obviously COVID hit more recently, but uh, Han you know opened a restaurant i have been oh, like nice. i work in mental health and was kind of doing more like of my career development so we had to put these some things on pause cuz it was mm-hmm. really really just him and i yeah putting putting it together and uh it was a lot of work and mm-hmm. and it's i'm sure you can appreciate you know the work that you put into a podcast and something that comes from the heart it's not right. always like it's definitely not paying our bills no it's <laughs> in not in fact i think we like more like lost money from doing these. Definitely events. have skipped a bill or two
0: to, to try to keep the show going. <laughs> yeah,
1: Exactly. And I remember when we first started this, I wasn't actually working. So I had a lot more time to put into it. Right. Like Han was like our, like, you know, sugar daddy. He was like funding everything.
0: <laughs> I Shout if out if to Han for that. all his <laughs> work. <laughs>
1: I was like, you know, I was like, so, uh, can you like front the money for the low? Like, like we, we had a logo contest and stuff like that. And like, oh, okay. we, yeah. Nice. Um, but, but it was, a it was a really great collaboration. Um, but also something that took a lot of time
0: mm-hmm. and
1: energy and we kind of needed to like regroup. And I think neither one of us wanted to like let go of it completely because right. it was something that brought so many people together. And and for me it was it's always about those like even those like little stories like I I remember some of the people who came to our first event after we were featured in the Toronto Star uh, one of our fam Erin Kobayashi who's a, a great writer she wrote a a piece about us in. Uh, the Toronto Star, and after that, we our, our next event was so big, Oh, nice, it was like it was, it was a lot of fun. But, but what was so beautiful about this event, too, is that there was a bunch of people that like came by themselves mm. and traveled like across the city, took like three different buses Just for an
0: opportunity to and be because they people.
1: read it and they were like, Oh, that's like space this me. thing. Yeah. yeah. I like, that's the kind of stuff that like makes me weep. Like I still feel emotional about it. it.
0: It's what makes it so it's, it's what makes it both like a passion thing for you, but also like you end up feeling a responsibility to keep it going because yes. if you, if no one else is doing it or not as many people are doing it, or you live in Toronto and I live in LA, you know, where are people going to find it close yeah. by? Yeah, it does. It's, it's, I swear there's so many times where I, I end the recording and then I just weep afterwards yeah. because I, you know that people need this, know. you know, representation or, or mm-hmm. connection or whatever. So that's amazing. It sounds like, well, first of all, I'm hella jealous. Um, I feel very behind because <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just doing the podcasting. Uh, well, not just, I got like 14 different businesses, but, um, yeah, you're doing but a like, lot. <laughs> That's what I, I would love to do events like that and, and hold space, physical space for people as well. Was it primarily the the quarantine that turned it into a podcast or was a podcast in the horizon and yeah. quarantine helped it happen?
1: Well, f- it was uh, probably far too long that we hadn't done much. And like, mm-hmm. I know, like I was like, we need to like post like an announcement to say like what we've been up to mm-hmm. um, and, and which was like. We haven't, we haven't been doing much music stuff because we've just been so busy and like we're real humans. Um, right. And, uh, but before quarantine, I had been talking to a few uh, people who were looking to collaborate. And I know like Han had to put his focus and intention to the restaurant, the restaurant obviously. Yeah. Um, and then there was some other folks who like, I, you know, were meeting to, to do like, maybe like another comedy show, like but a smaller one, some like smaller, like music events, that kind of thing. Um, but then COVID hit and so we were like okay no in-person events but like it was it hadn't things were just starting to kind of take Mm -hmm. shape but we hadn't made any big events or or dates I think we were going to have actually Cheyenne Sapphire who, who was this Second, uh, second guest on the first season. I think I listened to that episode. Yeah. That name is she's, familiar. Yeah, she's so badass. We were, we were like hoping to do um, like a, a concert of some kind because mm. she's a she's a performer. But again, that that didn't happen because of COVID. So I kind of sat there and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what do <laughs> I do? <laughs> and it just I, like, and I know that there were I had knew I knew of other podcasts, but I, I'm going to be honest, I hadn't been much of a podcast consumer, mm-hmm. but I loved, I loved the media. Like I love the medium. I love being able to talk to people. Cause that was mm-hmm. always my thing with the, with the actual events is that I would just love to, just being yeah. like, Hey, how are you? Where are you? Like, you know, where are you from? Of course, the question <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: it's different. <laughs> like, it hits different when we ask, <laughs>
1: yeah, you, you know what I mean? But I would be like, tell me, like, tell me about your story. How did you yeah. hear about us? Like, and that was always my favorite part was actually connecting one-on-one with people mm-hmm. in addition to like creating and producing an event, but like the right. heart was hearing people's stories and hearing, um, how they connected with other people in the space yeah. or how they felt about being mixed after coming to the event, that kind of thing. Right. Like It was just always super cool. And the, those conversations were really valuable and, and heartening for me. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's just do it. And I had my shitty headphones, and I didn't even know how to put uh, record on Gallery View. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the real deal, guys. I'm just fumbling through the dark, but it was so great. I started with um, one of my friends, Bobby Del Rio, who's an actor and a director. Pretty, like he's in mm-hmm. you know done a lot of really cool things in film uh, here in Toronto and has a great play professionally ethnic that I think might be turned into a TV show at some point. I I got to check in with him, but he was our first guest and it was great because he's mad cool and we were good vibes and we just, we just had a good conversation and it was lively and fun. And we also talked about like, you know, how quarantine was affecting us. And then you know, put it on SoundCloud and people listen to it. And I was like, all right, well.
0: It's weird when people yeah. start listening. Like I remember in the beginning, cause same thing I didn't, I, I was a podcast consumer, but I was listening to true crime and comedy. Like seriously, huh. if someone looks at my phone, if something ever happens to me, it's going to be very confusing. Cause all <laughs> of my, all of my things are true crime and comedy and mixed stuff or black stuff. <laughs> like it's pretty much everything or comic it's- books. <laughs> She likes to laugh, but also likes to learn about serial killers. <laughs> yeah. It's like, was, why is she so obsessed with serial killers? Um, so I was thinking, you know, oh, there's, there's not much about, like, I was looking for mixed things that really wasn't any active at the time. There was some dead podcasts, um, you know, short runs or, or just gave up, you know, whatever it was. And I was like, well, you know, it's a free medium. I'll make it happen. Yeah. And when I say free, I mean, technically, yes, it's can be done for free, but then the expense, then it was just yeah. like. Oh, I need my microphone to sound better because I just have my headphones. Oh, I need this. I need that. And the next thing I know, I've built a job that I didn't realize (laughs) I was doing. Um, But it's also been the thing that got me out of depression for a really big time when I was in a real big bout of depression, major depression and the connection to people, other mixed people. I'm really excited about your events, even though I'm a little bit too far away to ever go to one. And there's a whole global pandemic, but I, that was, that's like, that was next step. The one thing that I was wanting to do one day is, is to be able to, to provide things like that. Um, So I'm really excited. I do know the reason because I have listened to the show, but can you tell the audience that may not know why it's, ref- why it's called Mixed in the Six?
1: Well, Mixed in the Six is called Mix in the Six because Toronto, as we lovingly call it these days is, we call it the six and that's, it's, it represents like the six municipalities that are in. Or, like if we were in
0: New York, the boroughs. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we don't use those cool terms. It's municipalities. Well, it's different all over the state. Yeah, like in yeah, California, exactly. we don't do that at all. You live in a city and that's it, or a yeah. town. Um, But if you live in the South, you're in um, wards, yes, wards. wards. Yeah. Different wards. And then the boroughs in New York. So, yeah. The six mm-hmm. municipalities yeah, that municipalities. works. Too? That's so Canadian, by the way. Yeah, muni- I know. <laughs> I know
1: formal sounding. And then of course, like I, now I feel like I'm like, should I name them all? And I'm like, cause I've done, I've done it before, but then I kind of forget. So I won't, but I know, I know, I know them represent the six nice, <laughs> and that's what it's called. And actually um, I should give credit kind of partial credit to um, Matthew King, who had said encourage using mixed in the six as the the name it, although it was kind of something that i had thought about but it was mm-hmm. like mixed in the city we didn't want to use the six right away because we didn't want drake to come after us although drake is mixed so you should come through right support <laughs> yeah. the tribe he he um he coined the term um but then afterwards we're like no we're going with
0: mixed in the six yeah yeah why not yeah um So it is, it is great to, to, that you're doing what you're doing. And I, I know just from talking to you a little bit, um, and hearing it from your show too, that like, you feel this something like what I feel of this Mm -hmm. thing of it, it, it's kind of for you, but it, it becomes for others because you realize what, what was missing for you is missing for them too. And if you, if you have the capacity, you can, you can do this work and, and it feels good and, and things. You also, you were in, uh, Richard's doc weren't you yes i was so um for folks who saw our first live stream in militantly mixed in july uh we did Decenter. it was mixed mixed black artists for black lives and it, it was myself allison hart teresa stovall sonia smith king and richard b pierre oh. who is the documentarian who did uh what are you and yes. you were in that doc i was how'd you get in that doc <sighs>
1: Uh, really, through picks so in the six. So Richard, Richard came to one of our. We had a holiday karaoke jam. Nice. <laughs> Talk about like doing things for me. <laughs> I right? I know. I was like, We're doing a karaoke, and, and everybody loved it. It was it was Food so much fun. Karaoke, yeah, exactly. Check, check. Yeah. Also, like the Filipino and me is about the karaoke. Right. We had a karaoke event, and Richard came, and it was great. And he was saying he had wanted to. He hadn't made the film yet, of course. That was the day that we met. But he was saying, he, I'm going to make this film. I wanted to do it for a while. And he's like, I haven't started. But I'm, I remember him saying like, this film is going to be made. And I'm like, it is going to be made. Let me know how I can help. Uh, and then I was like, maybe I'll be in it. But, like, <laughs> but I was also like, not like I wanted to, I was more like, how can we like support you in moving it forward? Use but the then, community, right? Uh, yeah. Which, you know, we, we posted and kind of helped fundraise. But like Richard, like did such an amazing job. But like, I, I still remember from the beginning when the I think it was like Indiegogo and like just sharing and like really just putting it out there for the cast and really sharing the vision that he had for the film, which I obviously extremely connected with and, and many people from the community did because there was a number of of uh, people from the like mix in the six community who were in the film, um, myself included, like I sent in my record, like my little intro thing mm-hmm. and and uh, I got I was able to be a part of it.
0: And definitely. it was also very like mixed Canadian centric in a way. Well, obviously like that's the people that are around, um, mm. but you, you felt the, as an American watching it, you could feel the Canadian aspect of the mixedness yeah. that was, that was being displayed. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: so. I think there were, there were some people who were from the States as well or had grown up because I, because I think also Richard has grown up part of, of his life mm-hmm. in the States as well. But yeah, there was definitely a lot of the cast were from Canada, which is cool because I I. I as far as I know, I didn't know of any mixed race documentaries who, that were um, hi- highlighting folks from Canada. So that was, that was cool. Um, and yeah, it was, I got to be a part of it and it was an interesting thing. Cause I've talked about this with Sarah Chasm, who was one of our guests in the first season, who was also in the film is that I, I sort of did a bit of a, I would call like a bell curve with my mixed identity. Mm-hmm. I started like, or maybe, maybe it was a, N- another kind of curve, but like <laughs> I grew up, I will like, I didn't even know that I was different than anyone else. I just mm-hmm. thought I was like a human being or like a white person, essentially, like everyone right. else around me until I went to school. Then I was Asian. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to university uh, or you know, high school, university um, until mixed in the six, I was like, just identified as being, Filipino and mm-hmm. Asian and then realizing that I had really very little access to what it was like to be Filipino like Filipino right. people often are like you're not Filipino like you're you weren't born here you don't speak the language like mm-hmm. you don't look it and then I was like I don't think I'm allowed to even claim being Filipino at all and so I kind of went through this thing where I was like I'm just mixed and mm-hmm. I just have to be happy about it and and that's where it kind of lands. But right. there's a bunch of like deeper stuff that I hadn't really fully reflected on. And by the time I got to the film, I was a little bit like, Everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed people are awesome. But what was everybody oh, accepts us. <laughs> ah, but what was what was actually great is like Richard's questions. Like we're kind of getting into like the, the more of like the the history, like more mm. of the things that I encountered over the years. Which I was like, oh, I can have a space to actually go there. So yeah. I, at first, it took me a little bit of time during the interviews when, uh, throughout the film to like, kind of get into like the, the space where I could talk about like some of the microaggressions and like the subtle racism that I've experienced right. and also just like how that affected me growing up and growing up as a child. Cause that definitely impacted the way, like my sense of self-worth and sure. my sense of self. And, and I talk about it on the podcast quite a bit, like over the, this for the first season, particularly cause I'm a mental health professional and I, mm-hmm. I like talking about you know how yeah. all of our experiences affect our mental health so i think i you know i really thank being in the film to that kind of helped me o- open myself up to doing some of the deeper reflection not always just like kind of bypass some of the harder stuff by right just being like a part of community and like being all united because mm-hmm. um the history of of like mixed people in our lifetime like our, in our lifetime and before us mm-hmm. has not been rain documented and like oh, we're really like like people thinking like oh mixed race people are like immune to i don't know like other yeah. disorder. i like it's just or like we we all really good good looking and blah 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 like it's <laughs> right. like we have like it's pretty- like there's so yeah like I, I don't even yeah
0: all the things <laughs> like, like
1: it's our podcast like there's a whole like there's lots of really great um accounts now on Instagram that are like, kind of telling more of the story about mm-hmm. mixed race people in different uh, countries and different cultures. And that was something that um, kind of opened up for me. And I'm now I'm kind of going on a whole other direction, but I, I that was something that I remember I took away from being in the film was that I felt like there's actually more work for me to do right. <laughs> on reflecting on my own mixed race experience.
0: And then the work that, at all, uh, like the, the association that you created and all this kind of stuff, like that ends up being a thing where it, it is constantly changing Mm -hmm. you because you get introduced to somebody who tells something about them and you're like, Oh, that's a little bit me too. And now you got to go down that rabbit hole of your own identity until it comes back and sort of a trigger. Like if you're just living your life. If those guys didn't come up to you in college and say, Hey, are you mixed? You might have gone further before you dealt with it. Yeah. You know, like it's these different steps throughout our lives that that do this. And I think your show, the the events, my show, all of these mixed based things that are out there now, when they stumble on it, they're like, Oh, oh yeah. Like yeah. if it's not therapy and some and something you says makes the therapist go, oh, is this because your parents have different, you know, skin tones? <laughs> you know, unless it's something like that. You're just going because you don't know anything different. Yeah, it takes this great. for you to get into it. So your identity, whatever it is now, is probably not going to be what it is two months yeah. from now. Even yeah, no,
1: actually, that's a, a, thank you. That's like a really beautiful way of like kind of putting all all those things together and describing like you know the the lifelong journey of like piecing together like mm-hmm. what is my identity and what is my identity today and what is going right. to be um, you know in the future because it 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 is always changing. The way the way that I speak about it was has changed. And I think it's very similar Mm. to how I I identified in the film when, you know, we were asked, like, what are what are you? How do you identify? And before I would say, I'm, you know, I would say I was Filipino. Other times I would be like, I'm I'm Canadian, but my mom's Filipino. Now I'm like, I'm mixed Filipino-Canadian. That's what I am. You know, and I I say that I'm mixed first because that's actually what's like that really speaks to my core core. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. That I'm I'm, you know, I'm not like not enough Filipino or like not totally white. Mm -hmm. I'm mixed. And that's beautiful.
0: And that's where it starts. And that's where it goes. And I mean, there was something you said at the beginning where you said, I'm Filipino, but I have a white dad. And I think that's what you said to the the guys in college, right? And like that sentence to me was, I could put that on a t-shirt, like for for pretty much for any of us, like fill in the blank. I'm this, but I have a, a parent that doesn't look like me um I think that was so like I don't know how to say what I am yeah I'm Filipino but I have a black dad or a a white dad yeah um it was one of those it it was so like I really felt that that moment because I I know what it's like of being like but my dad's black you know because people trying to understand why I identify as black when I look like I do I'm like well my dad's black well what about your mom well she's she's Japanese but like I didn't grow up in yeah. Japan and I don't grow up like you, you know, with the Filipino thing, like you're not Filipino the way Filipinos from Philippines are. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's tough. It is. Us. Although, and I've spoken about this before when I went to the Philippines in 2018 for six weeks, it was magical. Um, I felt so great because I just told people like, I would, like talk to the, you know, the, the trike drivers, you know, mm-hmm. people driving me around everywhere. They're so amazing. They were like, I, I would say that I, my mom's from Isabella and I swear every single, maybe except for one crabby, uh, <laughs> crabby guy <laughs> were, were like, Oh, you're Filipina. And like, it's uh, like a big, like, you know, spiritual hug, you know, it was, it was amazing. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know what? I am also Filipino and I right. can,
0: Say that if I want to, because my mom's from there. And Did when you I was, have much access to like culture and food and things like that, is that why you feel people have isolated you from your Filipinoness?
1: So interesting when I was growing up, when I was with my family on my mom, like on my mom's side, it was like all, you know, we, I didn't all, always know like the names of all the dishes, but like mm-hmm. we were like, you know, having the whole, the quintessential, like big family, Filipino jam with like the food and like the cousins that you are not actually related to, but they're all there. <laughs> right. I mean? <laughs> and like, my like my titas and my uncle's like speaking Tagalog that and Ilocano. So, so it was like, there it was there in a way, but I think what, what what kind of furthered me away from um, feeling like I was Filipino was when I, I went into when I was like in a little bit older, like an adult and was in university and stuff when when I would say I was Filipino and I was around people who either were Filipino or like knew other Filipinos or mm. were like not mixed and didn't get it. They're like they look at you and you're like, but you're not, though. Mm like, so it was like that kind of like got me. Yeah. Right? Like, am I doing something wrong by saying that I'm Filipino, but I never, I'm not born there. And I Ooh. and I felt like I was like, why, why am I carrying that around? But I carried yeah. it around for a while.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Because there's, there's been questions that have popped up over the years doing the show of like, am I appropriating my own culture <laughs> just because I didn't have as much access to it as yeah. other, other people make, that are either mixed the same way or are fully what mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that is a struggle that, <laughs> that yeah, we all yeah. deal with is like, how can you, what's the level of permission we have to access the cultures that we come from? Uh, wow. yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. And it makes sense that you would deal with what you were dealing with, not knowing yeah. if you I've get seen- to claim it.
1: It's great. I think, I believe it was Sarah, her name's Sarah, who is also in What Are You and in, in Richard's, uh, film. She's talking about like she, I can't remember the exact code. But it's great. It's like, it's like, if you feel, I feel like I'm was appropriating my own culture and that's something that only a mixed person can one. think. And I'm like, Oh my yeah. gosh. It's like, yeah, I put, want to put that on a t-shirt because I felt it so many times. Um, I think Sarah is mixed like Asian, uh, European. Yeah.
0: I think she's talking about using chopsticks. Oh, okay. That's funny using chopsticks. If if that's appropriating your own culture, I don't know. That gave me a little. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
1: You're like, I know. You think go through like you you go through like your mental like memory of all these moments where you're like, yeah, it's just it's an interesting. It's like an interesting thing that really I feel like only like mixed people are or maybe sometimes folks who were maybe born in North America but have some like ties to other countries where they feel very like Canadian or American, but you know, we, we have these like ancestral lines to these other cultures that are part of us as well. Like it's still, it's in us. It's, it's, it is part of who we are. Right. And I think that was, that's been like, since going to the Philippines and then having more conversations on the podcast and with other mixed people, in the community at large mm-hmm. is really just getting an opportunity to just reclaim who we are outside right. of what society or like the communities that we grew up in told us we right. are. And that right. is really liberating. It is,
0: it is. And honestly, it's, it's kind of the addictive part of doing the kind of stuff that you and I are are into, right? Is, is just like every time you either get a person that comes, that has slightly similar overlap to what you dealt with, or just comes from totally different cultures, but there's something similar between you. That's like a little drug hit, you know, where you're just like, "Oh, Oh, I need more of that. Like, I need more of those stories. And like you said earlier, you know, um, mixed people, we didn't have like a book to turn to, to oh. see mixed narratives. We didn't have uh, TV shows very often. You you might see an occasional mixed character where the mixedness didn't seem to come up the way you would, the way you saw in your own life. And you're just like, well, I guess there's some weird about me. It's always that it's wrong in um, you, that you're yeah. the different one or something. Um, and so what we're creating in our separate entities is a a documented mixed narrative for people in the future and and currently to to look for and, and see themselves in, whether they're listening to an episode of yours on my show, specifically because they're also Filipino and white Canadian and they want to have a story similar to them and yeah. they start with your episode or they happen to, well, I'll try out another episode and it's a, you know, a black and Asian person. And it's like, oh, that's a slightly similar, but different experience to mine, you know, things like that. I think it's important what we're doing. I think it's important for ourselves, our own, you know, um, understanding of who we are. And Mm. I think our mental health comes a big play in it. I mean, I talk about that myself all the time is, is not being able to embrace who I was fully in every space was preventing growth. It was preventing comfort for me. And, you know, no wonder I'm depressed. I'm being constantly told I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something different about me. And until I was able to break free from that, I wasn't able to deal with some of those issues. And I think um, the work we're doing is also going to help other people who feel like they don't have permission yeah. to be their full mixed ass selves or mm-hmm. to. Eat with chopsticks if you're mixed yeah. age. Yeah. <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> you wear it the is. T-shirts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, so so yeah, I think it's I think it's great and important. And I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing for the Toronto era. Mm-hmm. And if I get myself up there, if COVID ever allows us to travel again, um, I hope that I time it in such a way that is also a mixed in the six. Um, yes, sometime in the
1: future. I know we got to get together with John Corbin too. Right. Uh,
0: we got a couple yeah. Canadians up there um, yeah. uh, that that we could get together with and it would be great uh we are coming a little bit close to the end though why so i like to ask all of my guests i mean even though this one we didn't really deal with it but sometimes we do deal with trauma and difficulties about mm-hmm. our mixedness and and things i would like to end on a positive note what do you love most about being a mixed person
1: <sighs> oh I love this question. And I know I've asked people this and here I am with like, where do I start? I <laughs> I, I mean, what I love most about being a mixed person, to be honest, but it's going to sound so like, which is very basic is honestly just being able to pave our own path together with mm. other mixed people. Right. Like I think, you know, I think it's really great that I I'm a, I have connections to different cultures, and maybe I, you know you can't put me in a box. I really think for me, and in, in my lifetime, being a part of these community projects, being doing the podcast, meeting you, doing Mix and the Six, doing MSA, it's been such a huge part of my identity because it came from a core place of hurt and like a lack of right. belonging and isolation. But it's turned into like. <laughs> I'm <just> getting emotional. <laughs> it's, in, it's turned into like something that's a part of who I am and part yes. of what the contribution that I'm making on the, you know, on others and in the community, right. not to be like, oh, yay. Like, you know, our, our events change lives or podcasts change lives. But like, I think it you, does though. Yeah. You, you, you totally get it. It's, it's becomes something like this heart driven project. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's from, you know, all from being mixed. And to yeah. me, that is the best part about being mixed is getting to meet other people, share stories and create this thing that we we needed.
0: And here yeah. we are. I, I love that. Um, I don't think that's a basic answer at all. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's hard to come to terms with this. I mean, I so you've been doing your events for uh, over four years now mm-hmm. or whatever. So I'm sure you know, but it's hard to be the one that takes that on. Like, yes, I did this thing. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely get that. Uh, that being said, the amount of emails and messages I've received—I'm sure you've also received them—if people have sold out your events as as much as they have, that like that making that available, making that space available to somebody is the difference between a really good mixed day and a really bad mixed day. I think for some folks, and while it is hard to take those thank yous or those compliments or whatever, I mean. I'm Japanese-British. Make me uncomfortable by telling me I've done a good job. Those are definitely stereotypes me. that exist for a reason. Um, I I am very uncomfortable with it. I'm getting mm-hmm. better because I know that it means something to people. And I think if we can spread that as far as we can spread it and overlap with each other you know, to, to make people feel that there's more than just one space for them. I mm-hmm. think that is the best thing that we can be doing. And I'm so glad that you're doing the work that you're doing. Uh, thank
1: you. Thank yeah. you so much. You, you inspire me so much. And I'm going to take this moment to acknowledge mm-hmm. you for all of the work you <laughs> do and for like, you know, bringing all like all of us up, right? There's a seat at the table for for all of us, and I think that's so important. And our stories are important, and you're important, and I'm really thankful and grateful to have gotten a chance to chat with you. Yeah, me
0: too. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody how to find you, Mix in the Six, like all the things. Yeah,
1: so we you can find us uh, on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. Or you can find us on Anchor, and then you can listen to us wherever you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Spotify and Apple Podcasts mainly. You can also follow us at on Instagram at mixed in the six, spelled s i x, not with a six. I-X. <laughs> no, so s i x. Um, You can also follow us on Facebook and just Mix in the Six. Um, And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Gina Daring Greatly. Um, I also post a lot of different things around um, like my journey as well, being mixed and sharing a lot of stuff around the What Are You film and what other cool people that are mixed in Toronto are (laughs) doing. So that's like, that's our space. And um, yeah, if you want to check us out, our new season is coming out early November, probably November 5th, maybe November 6th. But stay (laughs) (laughs) tuned.
0: (laughs) <laughs> good. Now that I said it, it's coming out. November it has 6. to happen now. It's like, everybody's going to hear about it. Yeah. Um, so militantly mixed listeners, if you are from Toronto or not from Toronto, go to and check out mixing the six Two and get your life with other stories that, I mean, you're just talking to people too. Like that's, that's yeah. what I'm doing. We're just having conversations and to get a chance to have, to hear two mixed people get to talk about mixedness in a full, safe and comfortable environment is, um, I mean, it's certainly how I get my life Or I wouldn't do this. I'm sure you're getting it too. So I'm really yeah. glad to have that space. So support it's mixed like-
1: in the six. It's like my oxygen, you know, it helps. It it's really so just helps weird. breathe life into into <laughs> breathe life into my
0: life. It's different <laughs> stories. So <laughs> right. No, I agree. I, I stole this this uh, term from Allison Hart, uh, mm-hmm. who was in the decenter thing that we did with Richard. She calls it medicine, like mm-hmm. to do the work within mixes. She she wrote a book called Mostly White, which is about a black <gasps> native indigenous and white four generations of mixed women. Of, of the, of those, um, ethnicities. And she called doing the work, her medicine and I've mm-hmm. stolen it. Like, and pretty much everything yeah. I do on the show, I stole from somebody else too. Um, I always give them credit, but, um, Alison, Alison call, called it medicine. And I, I agree with that. I think doing this work, it, it, it heals me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives me a pathway towards helping other people, which is also something that is very important, um, to me. So it's, it's good. It feels so yeah. good. It breathes life into your life. Yes, <laughs> like exactly. I know the medicine,
1: the healing, the community, the connection. Connection, the belonging, mm-hmm. all of those those things, you know that, that again kind of make me just want to cry because it's, yeah. it's beautiful and it's so necessary. And yeah, again, I'm really glad that we're we're a tribe. High five from. Hi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you militantly mixed is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me charmaine fury music is by david bogan the one you can follow us on social media on twitter instagram and facebook at militantly mixed